Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Video Production Academy podcast. Now, today's a little bit unusual in that I get to talk to somebody in my own country because I've been all around the world over the last few months. Matt's joining me from further south in the UK than I am, and his business is Different Think, and I just know that this is going to be an amazing interview. So firstly, Matt, I would love for you to introduce who you are and what you do. Yeah, hi. Thank you very much for the invite to come on. I think you might find that some of my fellow countrymen might argue with what you just said, as <laughs> in uh, Wales is a place all of its own, and, and I'm just on the border of that. So although I don't consider myself a full Welsh person in regards to how I identify, I'm definitely in Wales, and a lot of people do. So who am I? What am I? What do I do? Essentially, I look at the platform TikTok, I help businesses to explore the platform TikTok, how to leverage it, how to use it, and all the things that come with that. But it's not just TikTok, it's social media as a whole, it's short form video, it's storytelling, it's branding. It's all of the great things that we as business owners and people that sort of want to push forward our message, we really need to understand and get on, get a grip with, get on top of. Perfect. Now, I'm an English person living in Scotland. So I would always say the UK. I didn't say England. I definitely yeah. said UK. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny how we definitely have a sense of national identity, even within country. Oh, I think, yeah, I think more so these days. And it's especially sort of prevalent when the rugby's on, things like that. Oh, is it ever? Certainly is in our house, because everybody, despite where they're from, all shout for Scotland. Mm. And all shout against England, which is hilarious because we were all, with the exception of my youngest, we're all born in England, but they all support Scotland. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, kind of the same here with Wales. So, <laughs> sea of red in the local pubs. Oh, I see. Sea of blue in ours. <laughs> I'd love to know more about where it was that you started off because TikTok is a fairly new thing. I can't imagine you coming through the school process and going, I'm going to go into marketing or social media because that just wasn't something that we could do. No, no, that's right. No, school school was a bit of a disaster for me overall. And it was a long time ago when I left school. And this confuses people a lot. Anybody under 35 will struggle with this. But when I left education, I left with no qualifications or anything like that. And I had only ever seen one computer through a locked door window in that entire time. I didn't get to go on it. I saw it and that was it. So, yeah, so it definitely wasn't a natural progression through an educational system. But essentially, I left school with no qualification. I started working on building sites and doing manual work and that kind of thing. Got into martial arts, which is kind of where all this stems from. And then started working in security as a doorman, as a bouncer, that sort of thing. And over time, they all sort of drifted together and the martial arts sort of took off. And I found that I was very good at that. The security gave me a lot of confidence and understanding of behavior and how people work. Because, you know, if you want to see a real person, what they really are, give them lots of alcohol or lots of money. When both of those things will get you to that point. And so it gave a person a really good grounding in how people react, how they are, how to manipulate, how to communicate, how to have conversations, all that sort of thing. And that was great because that was a really great eye-opener for me in the sense that, wow, there's a knack to this. There's an actual theory behind this. This isn't random at all. And we know that now. We know it's not random. But of course, at the time, when you don't know it, you don't even know you don't know. That's just the way the world is. So when we go forward a few years, I opened up my own martial arts gym and that needed to be marketed. That needed to be promoted. That needed to be run as a business for it to, for it to succeed and survive. 
And for a number of years, I failed miserably at it. I was very good on the mats. I was very good as a teacher and I was absolutely terrible at all the other things that are associated with it. So I had to start to learn and I had to start accepting the fact that there were things that I didn't know and needed to figure out. So then I did start to educate myself, which has led me to end up with a master's in marketing. I now run a couple of businesses and that started me off on the social media journey a number of years ago where it was sort of crucial in this day and age to be able to at least understand how the platforms work, if not excel at them. And to do that, you sort of had to have a look at it. But then it found out that TikTok specifically was something that really sort of piqued my interest. And that was something that I ran with. Now, I can ramble on about this all day long, but essentially, to cut a long story short, one, one, one evening very late at night, I was watching YouTube as you do. I couldn't sleep. The house was very quiet, so I was quite happy. And I came across a Gary Vaynerchuk video and he was talking about TikTok. And this was going back about what, three and a half, four years. This was the early days of TikTok. And he was saying that it was going to be a platform to watch out for. It was going to be, you know, it was going to be big. And that was his sort of guess on that. So, and that piqued my interest. Now, the problem with me is that I can't do anything by half. I'm either 110% in or ignoring it completely. It's just the way my head works. And so I spent six months researching it, looking into it. I just literally took every single piece of information I could about the platform and learned everything possible. And then eventually, after all of that time, I started to post on there to use the platform itself. And that started to grow. That started to get traction. That started to do very well. And then I started telling other people about that. And it expanded out from that. And, and what I noticed was that there were essentially two types of guru in the space. Now, one was the 20-year-old kid that looked great in very little clothes and bounced around, you know, and that's a demographic. And I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do because you've still got to have certain capabilities to make that a reality because so many people are trying to occupy that space. And then on the other side of that coin, you've got the traditional marketers, if you will, the people that talk about, you know, getting magazine covers and, you know, we'll sell you advertising space and things like that. But they had no concept of TikTok or what it did. That isn't to say they weren't good, but TikTok's a specific place in the world. And so there was this gap in the middle. And I thought, well, here I am. I'm a person that's doing pretty well on the platform. I'm not naturally necessarily supposed to be there, given my age and everything else. And on top of all of that, what I was showing people and teaching people was working for them very successfully so it could be replicated. And that was really the fundamental piece in the puzzle, if you like, the bit that was missing was the ability to replicate success. I was talking to a very, very, very well-known on social media, multi-multi-millionaire. He spends an awful lot of time on the various platforms and has a team of people doing a lot of work for him. And he was using this young guy as the, sort of his TikTok mentor, if you like, and he was getting absolutely nowhere. And the reason for that was because he was following this young 20-year-old's process, which clearly doesn't work for a middle-aged person, for a person doing educational content, for a person doing something that isn't going to resonate with that sort of age group necessarily. So then fast forward all the way to today, and here we are, and that's kind of what I do. That isn't the standard journey that you would expect somebody to take. So you come out of school having not had a good school experience, hmm. go through construction, martial arts, security, and end up as a marketing expert. Yeah. But it's not what you would really put together as a standard career path. No, 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 of course not. No. But then on the other side of the coin, 
it's kind of just the way that life has sort of led. So if you think about school back in those days, and school today is probably similar in a lot of ways and has to hold its hand up to the sort of milk bottle approach, if you like. We're not building individuals necessarily. We're just building a workforce that is supposed to fit into a certain mold. And they come in one door and they all get jump, 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 shot out the other. Now, that's never been my mentality. I've never been any good at that. So I'm not suggesting that it was the fault of the education system, because trust me, I was a pain when I was a kid, you know, and I probably still am in a lot of ways. So <clears throat> I didn't want to be talked to for eight hours a day by somebody that didn't help hold my interest or didn't resonate with the things that I found interesting. So I can't really blame them for that. So off I went. But then equally, what I found was, and this isn't to say that I think I'm super intelligent or anything like that, because I'm not. But what I found was the things that I were interested in, I could really laser focus on. Yeah, I could really go into that and deep dive it and concentrate into it and pick it apart and understand it. And so that's where the journey's gone, because every time I've sort of come across something that's fascinated me and interested me, I've you know, pursued it and, and become good at it. So if you take martial arts, you know, I started that, I got my first black belt, then I got several more black belts. I've competed on the world stage and got world medals and things like that. You know, I teach all over the world. I've got recommendations and acknowledgements and Hall of Fames and all that sort of thing. So follow that through. I've now written a number of books and things as well. And again, follow that through. And so online courses, again, I've done a load of online courses and still, you know, teach on that sort of level and things. So I followed all that through. And then that all, as I say, led to the sort of marketing side of it. And then it was a case of, well, I've got to do it. Even if I outsource it, I want to understand it enough to know what it is that I'm outsourcing. So at every level, I need to sort of have a base understanding. But it turned out that I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the process of understanding it. So again, it's that human behavior. It's that psychology. It's that figuring out how people work and what makes them work and what's good about it and what's not. And as you can probably tell, I'll talk for England given a chance. And so it's just another way to express how you feel about the world, isn't it? I mean, marketing, and this is something I really struggled with for a long time. Marketing, you know, doesn't have to be sleazy. It's not necessarily that old fashioned used car salesman approach. That's not it. And if people are doing that, obviously they should probably listen a bit more to what people like us are saying. And so, yeah, I just find the whole thing fascinating. And because I find it fascinating, I want to know more. I want to improve and I want to learn. And that's really where I didn't fall into the educational system in that respect, because it wasn't igniting those passions in the same way. One of the things that I really like with the way that you've looked at TikTok is the way that you have studied it to a level and a degree that most people wouldn't. Most people would look at TikTok and go, oh, trends, oh, music, oh, filters. I'll join in with what's going on. And you haven't, you sort of sat back, folded your arms, watched what's going on, read everything you could, studied everything you could, and then formulated your own opinion on it and then developed from there. Yeah, it's a fundamental thing that I say to people and most people don't actually understand it. And that is that TikTok is like a partner, right? So if you look at TikTok or any social media platform for that matter, if you look at it in the same way you would a business partner, now, we want to have that symbiotic relationship. So I want to do the right thing for you, and I want you to do the right thing for me. But to do that, I've got to do a couple of things in the right order and the right way. And one of those things is to gain your trust. If I don't have your trust, then we don't have a working relationship. 
And so that's exactly the way to approach TikTok is to think, well, where do I want to be? What do I want to say? How do I want to promote myself? And how do I want to be seen on the platform? And how do I want TikTok to share me out to the world? If I get those things incorrect, TikTok stops trusting me because TikTok is then in a position where it's like, well, I don't actually know what to do with this person and their content or this business or this entity, right? So we want to have that trust. And one of the fundamental reasons why we need that from the get-go is because the clock is ticking. It hasn't told everyone what its algorithms are, how they work exactly, right? It's never gone public and said all of that. But there's been a lot of deconstructing and there's been a lot of experts pulling it apart and trying to figure it out. And so a lot of people's got a pretty good idea now. And one of the things that's sort of accepted now as a norm is that TikTok sort of categorizes you and your content. And so you have a space of time to show TikTok that you're worth sharing, you're worth promoting, you're worth partnering with, and you're worth their trust, because otherwise they will decide that that's not the case and they won't give you those boosts and those push outs that you actually want for your content. And so that's one of the first things that I say to people is, don't just charge your head and start putting stuff out there randomly, hoping something will stick. It's actually a much better use of time to build a plan, build out and structure what it is you're going to do and how you're going to present yourself and then start to go forward. Then obviously you test, test, test and so on and so forth. And you work with that feedback, but you want an idea of where you're going right from the very beginning. So really the key is to engage your followers because if you can engage with people, then they will follow. And so TikTok will then start to share and push out because they want more people to follow you. Yeah, yeah. So the algorithms essentially by general understanding is that they work on the concept of interaction. So for, for a piece of content, it goes out into circles. So it'll go out to a couple of hundred people, then a couple of thousand, then 10,000, so on and so on, right? But that depends on the interactions that it gets. So if it gets enough likes and comments and shares and things, it will then go out to the next lot and the next lot and the next lot. If it doesn't, it won't get out of those initial circles. And so for anybody listening, if you've got an account that you've had for over sort of two, three months, that's only really got 100 to 500 followers and your views aren't getting out those low thousands, that's why. Basically, it's just not getting the interaction and it's not getting shared enough to get the interaction. And that's where then you've either got to work really hard pushing a boulder uphill by using hashtags and really working hard on your content and strategy, or you just accept defeat, draw a line under it, start again with a proper plan. I'd be interested to know where you feel that hashtags do come into it, because I've never quite managed to crack the hashtag bit yet. So I'm predominantly on Facebook. We have Instagram, but it's not really doing an awful lot. I have dabbled in TikTok and came back out of it again because I didn't understand it. And I think really I don't have the bandwidth to be able to take on too many different social media platforms. So LinkedIn is one that we're dealing with quite heavily at the moment. And Facebook's the other one. And that's my two concentrated ones, neither of which work hugely with hashtags, but Instagram and TikTok seem to work a lot more with them. Yeah. So when you look at the platforms overall, right, first and foremost, you're absolutely right in the sense that there's so many platforms now. It's really impossible to have a valuable presence on each one all right unless you've got a full team working flat out for you as an organization certainly as an individual that's a really big ask so it's better to focus on 
two or three that work best for you and where your clients are. But if we're looking at short form video, which is essentially what we're talking about, I mean, I use the term TikTok because that's where the foundation was laid for me. But that doesn't mean to say that that's all we have, because when you look at the world now, you've got Instagram Reels, you've got YouTube Shorts. Funny enough, I was on a creator meeting yesterday with YouTube itself, where we where they were talking about the value of hashtags and that's how that's having a a great deal of importance of how things are found there within their shorts, not so much the longer form content, but in shorts. Now, when you look at Instagram Reels, you look at Facebook Shorts and you think, well, okay, even Facebook now is doing their own version and they're paying creators quite substantial amounts at the moment where they're rolling it out in the US and things. So even if we don't have it yet, it's on its way. So it's a good skill to get. And that's basically what I'm trying to say to people is it doesn't matter if you're on TikTok or not. TikTok is coming to you. That's all there is to it. You're seeing TikTok videos being shared all over the place. That's one of the powerful things about TikTok. And you're also seeing every major platform do a takeoff of TikTok and a version of short reel video. So if you don't understand the skill sets, you're going to struggle further down the line because they're heading to a platform near you anyway, regardless of whether you're on it or not. So when you look at hashtags specifically, then there's a way that I use, and it's essentially what I call signposting. And so the way that that works for me and the way that I teach it is, is basically to say that if you think about being a two-year-old child in a football stadium and somebody scores a goal, and that two-year-old child shouts as loud as it can, but the whole stadium is shouting, that child is not going to get heard. And that's the problem with a lot of hashtags is people are using hashtags that are just completely out of their reach at that point. So if you take as an example, so because we talked about martial arts and what I was doing there, if we say martial arts, now martial arts on, on TikTok has a hashtag search in the seven, eight billion range. Now, 99% of the people using TikTok aren't going to be heard in that crowd. And so they need to niche that down. And so the way to do that is to think about, you know, where within that space is your actual client or student or follower or whichever. And then you niche that down. And so where you want to be is in the right pools. So you heard the term big fish in a little pond. Well, that's actually what you want to be. You want to be a big fish in a little pond. And the same applies to YouTube and things. And so you want to be hashtags, using hashtags where you've got a good chance of being found. But then you also want to tag on a hashtag or two where when you outgrow that pond, you will then be heard in the next size pond up. Yeah. So there's no point in being a fish that belongs in a pond this big and using hashtags for what is essentially a giant lake over there because it's not going to happen and it's a mistake a lot of people make and so the best way to do it is if you think about using a sat nav and you think about how you would use that with regards to the house number the street the town right so it's the same sort of deal so give you know give the platform an understanding of what your content is an actual genuine reflection of it so there's no point in doing hashtag FYP because nobody knows what that is. Okay, so it's the for you page, which is where a lot of people want to get on TikTok. However, it doesn't say what the content is. It doesn't give the platform or the user any genuine idea of what that content involves. So there's much less chance of getting those interaction numbers we talked about if the hashtags are wrong because it's getting sent to the wrong people. 
or the wrong people are finding it. So it's much better to work with hashtags in that way. That way, then you're laser targeting a much more focused audience, people that are much more likely to be engaged with what it is that you're doing. And then those people were then are far more likely to share, to interact, to like, to comment, to actually become your community, which is essentially what we're after. So do you think there's value in people learning how to do the short form videos at the moment? Do you think that's the way of the future? A bit like garlic bread, yes. <laughs> Why a bit like garlic bread? <laughs> oh, it's that famous quote, isn't it, from the comic, I can't remember his name. But about 10 odd years ago, he used to say that as a catch line, garlic bread, it's the way of the future. I can't remember his name now, but nonetheless, it's, it's inevitable. When you think about shareability, when you think about user-generated content, when you think about brand awareness and all that kind of thing, if somebody can make a piece of content that's 10 to 15 seconds, and that then has a possibility to reach an audience of millions, which is then has the possibility to be shared by large amounts of those millions, then that, that this is what I say to people. This is something I find fascinating because I'll often talk to people and I'll say, how much does your Google ads cost? You know, what's your Facebook ad spend? And sometimes the numbers are pretty astronomical. And, and I say, well, realistically, with a little bit of thought behind it and a little bit of process, you can get an awful lot more than that for absolutely free and with no, with no spend whatsoever. So it's not guaranteed, nothing in life is, but it's no different than putting money on a Facebook ad or Google ads or things like that, because there's no genuine guarantee on that either. And depending on the space that you're in will depend on what that ad is going to cost you and what those, you know, what that percentage is going to look like in the end. But that's a long story short. I think short form video now, the way that we are in the world at the moment, we're in a position where the old fashioned way of doing things is sort of gone a little bit. So we're no longer tied to you know, three or four channels on the television or a certain newspaper telling us what to think or to believe. We're no longer tied to that. We can source our information now freely from so many different outlets. And then you take on top of that now that people don't have necessarily the, the thought processes that we used to have in the sense that there was a time where if you'd spoke, I would listen out of politeness. We don't necessarily have that now. I'm not calling people impolite, but what I'm saying is now we live in a world where you need to make it very clear to me very, very quickly why I should listen to you. Otherwise, I'm not going to. And we live in a world of that now. We all do it. And that's one of the fundamental things. If you look at just about every kind of thing now, you'll see it manifesting in the world. Yeah. So if you take as an example, say Tinder, well, I don't go on Tinder, right? But I know the process. Everybody swiping. Do, do, do. No, 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 no. They're making very split judgments on somebody as a human being, just like that. If you look at the platforms like TikTok, it's scroll, scroll, scroll. It's like entertain me, do it now, you know? The same on Netflix and cable channels. Nobody waits a week for the next episode anymore. You know, <laughs> so last century. So we're in a world where everything is now. And if we can't manage the way that we present ourselves on these platforms in the same manner, we are just going to get forgotten in the noise. It's as simple as that. So that doesn't mean we have to be abrupt or rude. It just means we have to master the art of, getting that attention nice and quickly and maintaining that attention and giving a reason and value. I think it's amazing how much shorter, and I don't think it's actually necessarily attention spans because if I think it's the right thing, yeah. people will pay attention to it. I think it's the thing that makes people stop the scroll. It's capturing somebody's attention 
actually is so much more difficult because there's so much more noise out there. So it isn't necessarily a shorter attention span. It's maybe less patience. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We all value our time that little bit more. We've all got far more things now pulling on that time. And we all have far more ways of entertaining ourselves, if you like, than we used to have. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's If you look at somebody like Jordan Peterson as an example, right? a lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. I'm, that's not why I'm mentioning him. I'm mentioning him because there's no denying that longer form video is very powerful because people are watching three and a half hours of his lectures you know, and they're sitting through all of that. So he's getting views in the hundreds of millions for that kind of thing. So there's definitely a call for it. You know, podcasts are doing really, really well at the moment for the same reasons. So what you're looking at with things like TikTok and Instagram and things like that and the short form video is you're saying, hey, this is me. This is why you should pay attention to me. Now come on over to the long form version of what I do and get involved. So it's a community building practice. I mean, that's what I, that's really what I highlight about these things is that they're a tool for building community, not followers, that those are vanity metrics. You know, you can have a million people all following you, but if none of them are buying through, if none of them are following through the journey, if none of them are engaging with you through the process, there's no value in that whatsoever. In fact, it's a negative value because you're just wasting an awful lot of time and energy on things that aren't actually bringing back any reward. So that community building is vital. And that's where a lot of these short form video outlets can, can, can be really practical for that because you can pre-qualify people, you can draw the right people to you, but you can also say, actually, we're not the right fit. And, you know, it's been great chatting, but thank you very much. And that allows you to do that. I think one of the, the interesting things with that is I think so much hangs on finding the right keywords. Because mm. if you don't hit the right keyword, then it's very, very difficult. And I think both you and I are probably in a similar position that we have professions that have their own language. And I think that's actually meant to be one of the definitions of a profession is that it has its own language. So I work in IT and we can talk about RAM and hard drives and SSDs and bit rates and all the rest of it. And to most people, they would just go, it means nothing to me. So then actually finding the way that the person that's in your audience that isn't an expert in the field would talk about what their need is within it and what it is that they're looking for is so key to how we then make that connection. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. And I think <laughs> a really easy way to put that into perspective, to show that in a light so that it makes sense, is that if you take yourself and you go to a setting where you're you're not necessarily that comfortable right so as an example of that i am not industrial in any way or mechanical in any way necessarily right so if i go into one of those places where you need to know you know the size of a bolt and everything else right they look at me like i'm a complete idiot because in that environment i am right but i do need the help and i do need them to explain it to me in a way where it connects with me and i can understand it and say actually right now i get it now we can go up a level and you can tell me that bit more and you can be a bit more advanced. Now, you know, I feel that the same as everyone else does. And it's a great explanation of it. One of the key things that I talk about with regards to content and strategy with that is I use a pillar system. And within those pillars, there's an easy teach and an advanced teach. So then a showcase. Now, the easy teach is exactly what you said, right? So it's basically outside of what it is you do, if you had to explain in layman's terms, 
but you had to explain it in a way where it made sense. So you're not just saying, oh, it's this, you know, you're giving value on that. And then you've got the advanced teach, which is looking at it from the point of view where people already have a baseline understanding and they can come in and they can get it at that level. And then you've got your showcase, which is, I say, showcase, not show off. Because I see that mistake an awful lot. I see a lot of people getting onto these platforms and they do all this really funky, incredibly clever stuff, but nobody really cares that that took 10, 15 years to get the hang of. Because all we want to know is, you know, how can you do something for me? You know, what am I going to get from this? That's fundamentally my question. I can admire what you do and I can admire the work that went into that, but that's as far as that goes. So I look at it that way. And then you add on top of that the fundamental thing, which is if you think about the old networking days and everyone had an elevator pitch, you know, you've got 30 seconds, go. And they'd be like, oh, I'm such and such, and I do this and this and that and the other, and push. Right? So every short form video piece of content that you do is essentially an elevator pitch. Right? It's a condensed version of what you have to say. And it's a really great skill set to have because, as you mentioned earlier, the way that we communicate now is getting faster. And we have to be on top of that. And so if we think about it like that, if you can't succinctly say what you need to say in 12 to 15 seconds, then that's a skill that you should really hone for every walk of life. It's not just about a TikTok video across the board. We should be able to very succinctly put what it is we need to say in a way that's, that's not wasting people's time. As with so many of the podcast interviews I do, I learn so much in this process. I really do. My, my cogs are whirring now. I'm thinking about how I connect things together because it's really challenged my way of thinking about short form content. Yeah. Well, for you, well, not just for you, but for podcast hosts in general, um, at the moment, TikTok's an incredibly powerful place to be. And if you look at all the big, well, not all the big players, but the vast majority of the big players in the podcasting world, they are all heavily leveraging TikTok and they're all heavily promoting themselves over there. It's very hard now to go on a, a, a TikTok and have a little scan without coming across these little sound bites. And that's all they are. They're just little sound bites that are pulled out from the longer interviews. Just a couple of sentences, just a very pertinent point. Bang, there it is. It's up. You've, you know, podcasts generally already have the content. We're doing it right now. And so it's just a case of pulling out a few little points from that. What tips would you give to somebody who's wanting to start to use TikTok in the business? Well, it's hard to put them in order or what's important, but essentially, first and foremost will be before you actually get on the platform and do anything is have a think about what you want it to achieve for you, what you want it to do. That's really important. So you're not wasting time. You're not wasting energy. You're not presenting yourself in the wrong way. So, so decide what it is you want TikTok to do for you, right? then decide how you want your voice to be heard, how you want to present yourself on there. Because again, there's lots of different ways of going about that. Then think about content creation strategies and how you're going to put these things together. Because like with a lot of things, we're all guilty of it. We're like a bullet a gate. We get a great idea and we run it at 250 miles an hour for a week. And then we sit there and we go, I'm fed up now. You know, too hard, can't do it anymore. That is the death knell for, for, for literally every social media platform consistently. Consistency is the sort of critical key. So get a plan in mind, work out what it is you want to do. Think about your content, whether you're going to pull that in from elsewhere or repurpose a lot of things or whether you're going to make fresh content or a mixture of both. Then figure out a strategy of how you're going to do that over a period of time and then start thinking about actually 
making the content itself and putting that up on the platform, but then interact with everything. And again, I say this to so many people that it's a critical step. So if we met at a party in real life and I politely said, hi, I'm Matt, blah, 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 and we talked for two minutes and then you wandered off. And every time I saw you after that, you ignored me completely. I would be rightly sort of indignant. Um, and I'd be thinking, well, what did I say wrong? What did I do wrong? Was it me? You know, is that person just rude? I, I don't know. But what I do know is it would be a negative interaction, which is the complete opposite of what we're trying to achieve. And so if people just take a moment, they can answer and they can respond and they can comment and they can join in. And that, that's how you build the communities through, through having those conversations. And so think about what you're doing. Think about how you want to do it work out a plan to get things going and then make sure that there's you know that level of interaction that level of conversation and start building that way and then finally i would say figure out a way to map them elsewhere because just like every other platform it's run by somebody else you know you don't get the final say on it they could shut you down at any point same as facebook or youtube or anything else and it's happening to people all of the time so be aware of those things so try and get them into your own systems try and get them onto other platforms so build those funnels so that you can then cross-pollinate into everything else that you do. I did say this was going to be an amazing interview. <laughs> I, did. I did, and it has been, absolutely. How can people connect with you? Well, basically all the usual channels. You can find me, Matt State, on most of the social media channels, on TikTok. The one that I started with, the one that was the one that I invested with with regards to time and resources and things, that's Modern Samurai M.A., so on LinkedIn, Facebook, all the rest of it's Matt State. Or if you want to have a look at my website, then it's www.differentthink.co.uk. And that's where I do all the social media kind of things and the marketing and that kind of stuff. It's absolutely perfect. We'll make sure all that information's in the show notes for the podcast as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Video Production Academy podcast or watching it if you're viewing us on YouTube. I'm Lee Midlane and I've been your host for this episode. If you'd like more information, resources or free downloads, head over to the Video Production Academy at www.videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Reach out if you have any questions, queries or comments and subscribe to hear more inspiring conversations with business owners just like you who've built their business using video. Until next week, shoot for the moon.